Hello and welcome to another episode of A Fresh Perspective here on Heavenward Thinking. Today's a special episode because we are moving on from the book of Romans and we're starting another book of the Bible. We're going to be in Luke, Luke chapter 1 today. So turn with me there and we're going to start reading in verse 1. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. The angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So as we we begin this new study on the book of Luke, what can we take away? Let's start with the first section. <laughs> first, there's like a hundred things in this the, these verses that are super, super important, right? I think the first section, right, is uh, it, it just reminds us um, in verses one through four, right? They, they, there was this real desire of people to write down the accounts of Jesus, right? mm. to write down like their interpretation of what they had heard and what they had learned, right? Like, I, I think it's funny because I, I don't know that we have that same desire today, mm. right? We, we hear from the Lord, we hear about the Lord, but is there that desire to let other people know what God has done for us about Jesus, all of these kind of things, right? And this guy has a, uh, you know, a, a, a super desire to write these things down. And it seemed good for him to write it down, but in orderly account as well. Mm, absolutely. And, and the book of Luke has such great detail because as it shows in this beginning portion, he's really committed to the details so that 
Theophilus, who, who is this benefactor here, he wants him to know the certainty of the things they've been taught. So he wants to make sure that he has an account that is really detailed so that we can really understand who <coughs> Jesus is and that, so we can have confidence in the authority of Scripture and, and in the accuracy of this account of Jesus' life. Yeah, well, that certainty thing is the key, right? Why write down a bunch of things about Jesus if you're just going to add to the uncertainty of mm. everything, right? The book of Luke, I love how you said it, right? It's about the details of the little thing. God does care about the details of little things, mm. which affirm the bigger things, right? Mm. A lot of times we like to just see the bigger moments, right? Jesus died on the cross. Jesus was risen, you know, all of these things. It's the it's the story that leads up, right? Mm. Yes, the cross. Yes, the burial. Yes, the resurrection are the whole key to the whole thing. But why does God spend so much time telling us the story up to that? Mm. Right? Because it's so that we can know for certain that what Jesus did was that important. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we definitely don't want to ever diminish the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we, we don't get there in the book of Luke until Luke's chapters 22, 23, and 24. And there's all these other chapters before it that really explain who Jesus is, that point to what he's going to do, and, and gives us all this teaching and all this background information that's so vital to Christianity to really understand who Jesus is and, and what we're supposed to do about him. And I think this is a great way to, to see it in the book of Luke where we get all that detail. So then we move into mm. the, the first real section here in Luke, uh, talking about the birth of John the Baptist being foretold to Zechariah. And what can we take away from this section? Well, first of all, it should sound really familiar. Right, there are several stories in the Old Testament that are very similar in nature. This first is uh, Sarah and Abraham, right? Advanced in years, no kid, right? Uh, second would be the story of Hannah, right? Like again, advanced in years, wanted a baby really, really bad, pleading with God, hadn't had one yet, right? Even the story of Samson, we can find his parents in this mm. whole thing, right? So there are stories where where these are similar in nature. You have two parents who had been struggling with the fact that they hadn't had a child, right? Mm. And we know back then in the culture, this is a big deal. It was a disgrace for both both sides, mm. right? The, 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 the bloodline, all of the things about having sons, all of these kind of things, it, it mattered greatly, right? And for some reason, they had wanted it, but it hadn't happened yet. So mm. we see the beginning of of God's story where almost it seems like he withheld from them that which they wanted for such a time as this, right? For a specific time down the road. Mm. And doesn't he do the same in our own lives where we may think something is is wrong or it's not right or something is missing in our lives and then God blesses us with that very thing in his timing, in his way, and, and it works for a great purpose like this where they could have just had a kid and, and it would have been great, but we, we wouldn't have had this amazing, miraculous story that starts off the whole story of Jesus by, by preparing the way when John uh, the Baptist is born and his ministry ministry, it prepares the way for Jesus. And so we have to watch out and, and be looking for the opportunities that God is going to give us as Christians using those uh, areas of weakness or those areas that we, we think we deserve something, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, God may be giving us those things. Maybe, maybe not, but he may. And it may be, like you said, in such a time as this, where he does something incredible with it. And, and it really just brings about his 
good purpose for us. Well, even when what they wanted, the Bible's really clear. It makes it super clear. They were blameless. They didn't mm. sin in this, right? How often when we want something really, really bad, right, do we not sin either, either in coveting it, right, lusting after it, right, making it a higher priority, making it an idol in our life. We got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. Like it'll make everything in the world better. They they remain blameless and and they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So mm-hmm. the funny part is that Zechariah is exactly where he's supposed to be, right? It, it, it's that it is that for such a time as this thing, right? It, that we don't know why God's allowing this to happen, but at such a time, God all of a sudden reveals why He mm-hmm. allowed it to happen, right? I love what you said. They could have had a hundred kids, right? They, they could have had a whole mess of kids and God could have done like he did for King David and just picked one out, right? Said, oh, hey, this is the one that I want, right? But instead he withheld that which they wanted most, right? Until such a time as the angel Gabriel comes down and says, hey, your prayers have been heard. What I love about that is it says in there they were advanced in years, mm. but Zachariah is still praying to have a kid. Mm. Right? How many times do we give up on our dreams? How many times do we give up, right, on on what we want? And and this is a man who's he's still praying for it. Mm. Absolutely, I think this is a great reminder not to give up on the dreams we have or, or the hopes that we have, especially when we we hope in the Lord and when we're, when we're trying to serve the Lord blamelessly, like Zechariah and Elizabeth were doing. As long as we're still being committed to the Lord, making sure that the things we want aren't idols, we can still have those hopes and dreams if they're with the right. Uh, attitude, making sure that we're doing what God's will is, not our own. And then the Lord, as, as it shows here with the angel Gabriel saying, uh, the Lord's heard your prayer and it's, it's being answered now. Uh, so even though they had to wait a long time, uh, their prayer was ultimately fulfilled and answered. And so as Christians, we can be encouraged that we may be praying for something now and it may be seeming like God isn't answering, uh, but he may be answering, just not in the time that we think he's going to answer. And so we need to be patient for that. And wait upon the Lord in his timing, because in the right timing, he does something like this in this story. And it it really kickstarts the whole story of Jesus in the book of Luke. Yeah, well, and we find out that the the angel tells them this is going to be a special kid, right? So Mm -hmm. now, again, this is for godly purpose. Almost a Nazarite vow in nature of don't let him drink a lot, right? But then I, I love the next section because I don't know why we don't use it. Uh, when we talk about abortion, right? Because as a Christian, this should shut the door on, on the entire abortion issue for us, right? It really, you know, not trying to be political, but I don't know how you can be a Christian and, and support abortion because right mm. here, uh, the, the, the angel says to him, he's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even before birth in the womb, mm. right? So look at that and, and tell me, uh, yeah, so, so Jesus or God, God just puts the Holy Spirit on nothing. No, God put the Holy Spirit on John the Baptist while he was still in the womb, which tells us that in God's eyes, that's a human being. That's a human being with purpose. And God can put the Holy Spirit in your child before it's born. So mm. life starts way 
before birth according to God. Absolutely. The Bible makes it very clear that, that, that a human being starts at conception and that we have to we have to come to grips with that. I love how you challenge it in a world today where we are so afraid of being politically correct or not offending anybody or, or trying to play the middle ground. I, I think here on this show at Heaven Red Thinking, we're trying to have a fresh perspective of, of what we are reading in Scripture. And that this is certainly a fresh perspective on this uh, chapter because, as you said, we don't really use this uh, argument as Christians against abortion. But this chapter really, it should show us that because twice we get this announcement in this chapter of a miraculous birth. And twice we get this, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you or going to come on your child even before they're born. And especially in this section, the Holy Spirit's going to be filling him before he's born. So as you said, it just should put an end to any argument of abortion. We need to take what Scripture says, not what we feel or what we think or what we want. Well, and again, the, the, the angel then goes on and says, listen, he's going to have the Holy Spirit before he's born because he's been prepped to go before the Messiah, mm. to go before we're going to... Listen, uh, we ought to be praying for that. As, as Christian parents, if you now know that you're you're pregnant, you're expecting, you, you should be praying that your unborn child is already filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's going to rock the whole charismatic world and the whole Pentecostal world. But I didn't say it. God said mm. that. And now you're going to tell me, oh, that was a special case. That was a special case. John the Baptist isn't God. Mm. John the Baptist isn't Jesus. John the Baptist is a human being, mm. right? With a special purpose and a plan, right? And and that's super important. And so the angel tells all of this to Zechariah. And you would think that Zechariah would jump up and go, holy cow, <laughs> right? This is the greatest moment of my life. Instead, he does exactly what I would do and most of us would do. He's like, ah. Uh, can you please affirm to me that this isn't a dream? Mm. Right, I, I gotta go tell people. Right, and I, I gotta go. You know, sure, could you please tell me that this is gonna happen? Oh, wait, Gideon did that. Oh, wait, lots of people have done that. Mm. Right, and and they've just asked for a sign. Like, just tell me that uh, this is really true. But it's funny that in these stories, whether it's Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, right, right, whether it's the wise men, whether it's Zachariah, right. God expected them to just believe it. Mm. It goes back to Abraham. Abraham heard and he left. Right? He just did it. And and Zechariah doesn't do that right here. He asks for a sign and the angel says, you should have just believed. Mm. And he gets a sign in a way, if you think about it, because his sign is, well, you're not going to talk for a while. And so sometimes we have to be very careful because sometimes God gives us what we ask for, what we want. uh, And it may not be what we like in this section because he wants that assurity, that that confidence in what he's hoping for. Instead of having that faith that gives you confidence, he he turns to give me a sign or something. How 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 is this going to happen? How can I know this for sure? And uh, as we see in the in the following verses, Gabriel has to tell him, I stand in the presence of God. I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And, and now you're not going to speak for a while until this happens. And so he gets the sign, but it's going to involve him being quiet and silent and reflecting on what uh, he did wrong here and on what God's doing. I think it, it's no mistake that this was his consequence that he had to be silent. That would give him time to reflect on what God's doing and having faith in God, which he didn't seem to have in this section. Yeah, you know, I I would finish up my thoughts on this with the whole, you know, verse 24. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived for five months, she kept it to herself. Mm. Like, if you've been waiting your whole life to to have a child, right? 
and you've been given the message of what a great child this is going to be, right? And you're carrying a child who has the Holy Spirit, right? I'm guessing there's a little rumbling in your tummy, right? Because of that whole thing. You'd be jumping all over the place, but she mm. didn't. Man, there's some great, great wisdom in that, right? Sometimes God answers our, our requests, right? He answers our prayers. He didn't tell them to be quiet about it. But they were just quiet, pondering. Mary pondered. Elizabeth spent time by herself thinking mm. this whole thing through and figuring it out. That's really important sometimes, right? Sometimes we, we just keep what God has said that is going to happen to ourselves, right? Be, and ponder it and think about it rather than going out making bold, you know, declarations of, of anything. Now, it probably helped that her husband couldn't talk, right? <laughs> but, but, this is what we do. We just kind of ponder things. Mm, absolutely. I think that there's some, like you said, wisdom in that. And at the same time, she still was giving credit to the Lord for this because it says that when she did talk to people, the Lord has done this for me, she said. And these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. So uh, she was pointing to the Lord, which, which is the whole point of the story, all getting ready to point to Jesus. And so we... When God answers our prayers, like you were saying, we should be reflective and we should be contemplative of that, ponder it, not just make all these crazy declarations and, and go out and go crazy, uh, but really seek what the Lord wants us to do with that information. And then at the same time, we also point everybody to Jesus, which is ultimately what this whole story is setting us up for. Well, we hope you've been challenged by this this week and that you will join us next time as we continue on for episode two in the book of Luke here on Fresh Perspective on Heavenward Thinking.